send me your resume. I'm going to blast it out. I'll help you get a job. And mm-hmm. I, that, that was great. So I went home and sent him my resume. I had a phone interview Tuesday, two days later, at one of those companies. And in person on Thursday, I had the job offer that Friday. Oh, wow. It was just, it was amazing. I provided that. Hey, this is Paul with the IT Company, your host for the Made Right Here podcast. On today's episode, we have got a close friend of mine, Joe Mahalik of RNS Logistics. Joe's story is fun and engaging. Uh, he's the grew up in a large, large family of seven, and um, just going to hear about his work ethic and his drive, and how all these things really shaped him into the leader and the man he is today. So, have a listen to episode one with Joe Mahalik. All right, Joe Mahalik, RNS Logistics. Is there anything else besides RNS in your life, um, company-wise, company or is it wise, the, the real estate real estate side, side yeah. that owns the buildings and stuff? Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. That's less known about. I don't know if anybody in C12 knows, but yeah, yeah. it's just the arm that owns the buildings yes. themselves or the property or whatever. Correct. Okay, all right, cool. Well, good. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, always fun to talk to a friend, especially. So I appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, so this is a bit of a lobotomy. <laughs> so, so we're going to start from, it's like you're going to feel like you just went to a psychologist. We're going to start from That's early great. childhood. We're going to work our way all the way up Should be fun. to where we're at today. And so kind of two parts. We'll focus on your like childhood through college and then career and RNS. So Sounds great. That's how we'll do it. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Good. Awesome. So real simple start. Tell me or tell us like, where are you born? Where'd you grow up? Tell us about your family. And a lot of people will just run through to high school. I just, I really mean, what was like those first 10 years about family intact, brothers and sisters, parents? Just tell us all about that. Yeah. I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, born and raised. And I was number two of seven, seven kids, six boys, one girl. Oh my gosh. And so it was a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a lot. But it was fun. Kind of had built-in best friends. Yeah. My brother's two years older than me and the brother's two years younger. Uh-huh. We kind of ran together and a good childhood. We, you know, Swiss Family Robinson was the favorite movie growing up. Mm. And so we would build tree forts in the woods around our neighborhood. And we had one that was like three levels high. We found a big pole, like a fireman type pole that you could slide down. <laughs> we had a, we built a rope swing that you could swing down from. Wow. I mean, just a great... It was a fun childhood, yeah. being able to play and really not come in until dinner time. And mm. even then it was hard because yeah. you wanted to stay outside even longer with your friends. So mm. what else did you ask? That was... Yeah. It's, I mean, I, what are the things about, like you mentioned the fort, like what are the things about those first 10 years that really stick out to you as a individual, as a family? Yeah. And I think really like, how do you think that's even, if you look back on it, like, do you feel like they're shaping there towards your adulthood? What do you see? Yeah, I do. I think we were very, growing up in a big family, we were very competitive. We debated a lot at the dinner table, mm. argued a lot. I'm surprised none of us became lawyers. One of us should, because <laughs> we all think we know better. There's even an inside joke. If someone even today is backing out of the driveway with a, a trailer on or fishing and is hung up in the trees with the line, the rag on each other's, hey, you want me to come down there and show you how to do that? Here, why don't you get out of the truck? Let me show you how to back. So it's like a dig of we always think we're better, mm. always this one-upping mm. each other, but still loving each other, yeah. still fighting yeah. for each other. So I think that drive to always do better mm. really is almost like the co- competition even today is 
not among each other, but just the drive for excellence yeah. and to continue getting better at whatever we're doing. See what else. Was that something that your mom and dad were like, you feel like they were intentional about moving? You know, I know your dad a little bit. So do you think they were, was this a nurturing thing? Like they were nurturing this kind of fun, crazy, wild, competitive atmosphere in the family? I think they would was the opposite. They were trying to get us to argue and fight less. I mean, oh, we were okay. wrestling. We were yeah, <laughs> fighting, physically fighting each other. But I think they, you know, you kind of mature out of that later yeah. on in life. And yeah. so I think they would probably were parenting towards less of that. Yeah, that's um, funny. But they were, you know, they, we were brought up in church. I think that was pretty impactful in my life. You know, every time the door, church doors were open, we were there. They were pretty disciplinarian. So I knew the rules. Yeah. I knew the consequences too. Mm. And I didn't have to wonder. But also, <clears throat> my mom had a lot of chores for us to do. So I think that even today, just the discipline of making my bed mm. first thing well, when yeah. I get up. Yeah. I mean, not just sweeping the floor. She would come behind us and, you know, if there was areas that we missed. So constantly improving mm. and getting better. You th- I don't know in big families, a lot of that is just, there's just a lot of people here. So we need help. Was yes. it really, was that kind of part that was, of what your mom was doing? That was probably <laughs> more, ne- <laughs> yes, more necessity. What? So real quick on seven. Yes. Are you all two years apart? Is it like two, 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 two? Roughly. Yeah. Really? Give or take a couple months. So for yeah. 14 years, yes. your mom was having kids. Yes. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. That's and I wild. thought that was normal. Yeah. Well, and you had four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh. That's interesting. And she stayed home. Like she was a homemaker, yes. like raising kids. Yes, she was. Your dad was out working outside of the house. Yes, he was. He was a physical therapist, worked for himself. So I didn't know at the time, but I thought that was normal too. My dad, mm. he was his own boss. Yeah. And also very entrepreneurial in the way that he thought. Would be driving by an empty lot and he would say, hey, what? He'd ask our, all the kids, hey, what do you think would go good there? Mm. Oh, I think a Weigel's would go great there. I think a coffee shop. Interesting. So just, you know, he wasn't maybe, that was just who he was. Always an idea of how to make a product. Because he's a physical therapist, hey, this product would be great for working on somebody's back. If hmm. somebody made this, they would, you know, they would do really well. He never did it. No, he never did it. No, he never did it. He was fine with just <laughs> his one practice. Huh. And then my mom, very industrious. Hmm. She was never, I just don't remember her ever being idle. I mean, she was, you know, with seven kids, making clothes, fixing clothes. She was making meals for other people. She would make pillows. She sold some of this, but gave a lot away. Yeah. So always uh, working with her hands. Hmm. And my dad, similar, working working on cars on Saturdays yeah. and had us mowing the grass from early on, too. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Like you said, you had to, smart. it took a lot to run. It took a lot to run yeah. a family. Nine of, people, people in the whole family. What Real quick, where are they from? They're from Connecticut. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, they okay. <clears throat> born and raised. Both they, of them. Both of them, okay. yeah. And they met, I think, after college or during college. And they, I think that's where I get the work ethic from that my grandparents and great grandparents, great grandparents worked in the coal mines and worked their whole lives in there and even died from some of the complications mm-hmm. working in coal mines. But yeah. and my grandfather went on one side was a prisoner of war in OW in World wow. War II and you know, kind of that depression, World War II era yeah. of just hardworking and even in their eighties and nineties, still out there shoveling snow, huh. raking leaves, trying to push mow, you know, just are they never all, are any grandparents alive at this point? I have one grandmother. She's okay. ninety four. Ninety four. Another wow. grandmother lived till hundred and three. Oh my gosh. She had COVID and made it through COVID. And the nurse said she's gonna make it. That woman is she's gonna fight. I knew she was gonna make it through. Holy so cow. just long life. You wow. Know? 
And were they here at all? Did they end up coming down here? They stayed in Connecticut. They did. Okay. I only got to see them about once a year. Okay. Which is one of the reasons we moved back to Knoxville so our kids could be around their grandparents. Yeah. But that's kind of the great grandparents, grandparents, Polish Lithuanian background. Okay. Which just is Mahalik a Polish name? Yeah. It's Polish. Yeah, okay. Polish. I think it was Mahalski actually. Oh really? Or something like that. A lot that. of Different. I mean that's pretty common for my last name was changed. Yeah. You know, from when they came and immigrated. They'd say their name. They're like, yeah. Wrote <laughs> Let's it make down. It a that easier. sounds like sponsor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that sounds like whatever. You can't pronounce yeah. it. Why were they here? Why did your parents come here? When my dad graduated from UConn, the job market wasn't great there. Okay. I guess he saw in the paper some openings for a physical therapy position, I think at UT or somewhere in hmm. Knoxville. So he came down, started working at U- and developing their physical therapy practice, okay. but then saw an opportunity. No one was really doing a private practice. Hmm. This would have been maybe 80, 1970s, probably okay. 70s, yeah. early 80s. And so he called one of his buddies from UConn who went through physical therapy and said, hey, come, let's come down here and start mm. our own practice. So they moved down to here's best friend and they started their own practice and have been at it for, I guess, 40 years, okay. 40 plus years. Were your mom and dad together at this point? Yes. They were. Yeah. Okay. They just gotten married before they moved down to Knoxville. Got it. Okay. You mentioned like one of your heroes is your dad or your hero was your dad growing up. Why, what was the, what was so impactful about your dad as your hero? I felt like he could do anything with his hands that he put his mind to, you know, when the car broke down back then, you could, you know, he didn't a big family. You can't go and Mm -hmm. get it worked on or pay somebody. So he would, and we were changing oil. We were changing brakes. We were changing alternators, rotors. Can you do that stuff? Yeah, you can. And same thing with the house. We built a house, our house that my parents live in now, basically halfway built. And me and the brothers and my sister built the rest of, you know, we're laying tile, hardwood flooring, ceiling, sheetrock, painting, putting, we moved in without the doors in the house. And so we have this big cardboard (laughs) box that we put up over the bathroom, you know, for privacy. Interior doors. Yes, interior doors. (laughs) Good clarification. (laughs) I was like, you just let people (laughs) we were the rednecks of the neighborhood even our driveway was gravel and we formed it up before you know the concrete people came and paved it and so just growing up i felt like my dad could do anything you know and just taught us so much yeah we would go camping fishing taught us how to tie knots whittle you know yeah but gave us enough room to make some mistakes too so tell me your second Yes. So older brother, you, younger yeah. brother. Where does your sister fall into this? She's right in the middle. So She's there's three middle. three older and three younger. Oh, really? My older brother, very engineer mind. Okay. I mean, he could take anything apart and put it. Same thing with my, that's Nathan. Same thing with my brother, two years younger, Sam. Okay. Just very handy. I mean, I could do that stuff, but I don't. I'm not as good as they are. Yeah. And they, he went on to be an engineer. Sam was, he's in finance. Okay. And your sister is mm-hmm. married to Zach. Yes. Zach which is just a whole nother. That yep. could be a story in of itself. Yeah. So she's, she is not working out of the home. She, right. Or is she working out of the home? She's just in the home. Yes. She's, yeah. she's, I don't want to, I say that with a clarification. That's a job. <laughs> yes. More than I could do. <laughs> and then Matt, David, Michael, Matt is a doctor and David's an engineer. And then Michael, he does landscaping for himself. Oh, okay. He works for himself. Wow. So only really, so two entrepreneurs came out of this. Yes. You and your youngest brother. I mean, yes. theoretically, doctors are they're working for themselves, kind of, yep. to some extent. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nobody's a physical therapist, though. No. That's interesting. <laughs> All right. So what? tell me about, like, high school, middle school. Like, where'd you go to, where'd you go to high school? 
West High School. West. Bearden okay. Middle and West High School in UT. I was not great at academics. Most were your parents stressed? Was that like a stress point for you guys? Like you had to be good? Or were they big? Was that a big deal? <laughs> I think they knew. They knew us individually. That's another thing I appreciate about them now. The brothers around, very smart, straight A's. Didn't seem like they had to work very hard. Almost a visual learner. They could hear it one time in mm. class and know it and good recall. I had to spend probably three three hours studying and I still would get a C. Hmm. And so that was my, and never really, I see the value in education, but I never really enjoyed it as hmm. much. Same thing in college. I almost dropped out. At, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I okay. almost dropped out of UT after freshman year. and just I just wanted to work. Hmm. I love to work. My brothers and I, we had a landscaping company in high school. <laughs> and learning about the business world and customer service. The three of you, the three older brothers? Yes. And then it was passed on down. As we graduated, oh, really? passed on to the younger brothers. Was it mowing or full-on landscaping? It wasn't as much paving and retention walls. It was more of just cutting grass. We'd do mulch and stuff. pull weeds, yeah. you know, get the poison ivy on your arms. Yeah. <laughs> and Whose idea was that? It was, I guess my dad kind of pushed us into that. Okay. And wanted to teach us about work. Yeah. That's a good question because we... How did we get into it? We had a push mower. Then we push mow our neighbors, grass, mm-hmm. a couple of them, and then our friends that live down the road there. And people just pull up and say, hey, can you mow my yard too? And so we just start, you know, you do a good job. Yeah. And you start getting everybody on the street. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get to a point where you have to turn people away. And I remember one time my mom, she, we couldn't drive. You know, we, when I say we're mowing grass, we probably started when we were 10, Paul, you know, child labor, 10 to 12. <laughs> well, we started out mowing our parents' yard. And yeah. then, but she, we would load up the mower and the old suburban you know with the window you had to roll the window down and the handle handle sticking out the back the car always smelled like gas and (laughs) and oil and she dropped us off but with a lot of kids i think she forgot or was just busy to pick us up so we had a me and my older brother we had to push the mower and a couple miles home like down sidewalks and through fields and just showed up but he's like i forgot about you forgot about you guys I knew you'd find your way home. <laughs> now, that was fun. And I knew early on, my dad had a conversation that said, Joe, you know, if you want to go to college, you know, we can't afford to help you out. We want to, but you're going to have to save up. And mm. so just knowing that was the deal early right. on and just going further into mowing and landscaping and saving our money too. It was similar with new clothes. If we wanted new shoes or t-shirt, you know, we would save up and get it ourselves. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. What? So, Wes, did you play sports or anything or do any kind of extracurricular stuff? Played basketball okay. at Wes freshman year and then soccer my senior year. Okay. Any of your other brothers play sports? Yeah. We were a big baseball family. Okay. I was probably the one that didn't. I mean, I enjoyed baseball. I wasn't great at it. Yeah, big-time baseball family. Okay. They all played at West. majority mm-hmm. of them did. My okay. older brother ran track. He was really fast. Okay. I don't think he played baseball, but he ran hurdles. He ran mm. the sprints really wow. fast. Okay. And then my sister did acting. She was really good at She was in the into the drama club. And yeah, okay, cool. What do you think in high school was like really, again, it's interesting to listen to you, so a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit already as a young kid, mm-hmm. saving your money, a little bit of sports. You know, you're heading on to college. What was, what and who really do you think were shaping you? That's pretty interesting over your dad kind of ahead of time saying, hey, like, I'm, we're not going to pay for it. So just be ready to pay for it on your own. But what else was really shaping you at that point? Do you feel like there's anything that was really, I'm even interested, like, why'd you go to college? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that is a good question. I guess it was what you were do, you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You meet with a guidance counselor in high school and they say, okay, what colleges do you want to apply for? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And they help you write up the application. They help you apply for student loan assistance. Yeah. And 
I don't know if I stopped to think and say, do I really want to do it? I just hmm. was taking the next step maybe. Yeah. And my friends were going and I knew you'd hear stories of, hey, college was the best time of my life. Hmm. You're older people talk about that. Yeah. Like, Something about college is great. Also, it's a chance to get out of the house, you know, growing up in Knoxville, mm-hmm. born and raised, wanting to get out too, probably. Why was, UT then? It was in-state tuition. Looking back, maybe I, I should have gone to Pellissippi for two years. Hmm. But UT, a lot of my friends were going there and it was the one that I could afford to go to. Yeah. Okay. I would Did have you even apply anywhere else? No, I didn't. didn't? I wanted to go to Texas. I didn't even know anybody in Texas, but I knew it was one of the largest schools. There were 50 or Mm 60,000 students. And I was outgoing, extrovert, and I wanted to go to a big, you know, I felt like Knoxville was small. I wanted to go to somewhere bigger. So why did I go? I think it was just taking the next step. Mm. But at the same time, knowing how, understanding the world, working world, and seeing that if I worked hard for four years, I could probably end up at a better place mm. than going, spending those four years in classes than yeah. my friends would. And so that was the other pool. Growing a landscaping business and doing pretty well at it, thinking, you know, what if we just stayed heads down for four years on this? Mm. Do I really need, do I really need that? And did learning, you do it in college? I did. You did? I did. Okay. Yeah. Now pared down, but I, you know, my brother who's still, Sam, who's still behind us, he right. was doing the bulk of it, but okay. I would still get all my classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, so I could work some. Huh. I was also working construction. Hmm. A little bit too. I thought I wanted to be a contractor. Realized I did not want to do that. And then I worked for a crane company too. A crane company? Yeah. Doing what? We put up wind turbines. Up, like you know, a company that, like a rigging company? Yes. Oh, wow. You know the, the wind turbines up on Windrock Mountain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We put those up, I don't know, 20. You were part 20, of that? Yeah. Really? I was more of the grunt worker. Yeah. yeah. Labor. But I learned a lot. That was it was fun. Did wow. that during college, high school and college a little bit. And wow. I, Is that Barnhart I, or something? Yes. Or was it yeah. Barnhart? Yeah. Barnhart Cranes. Okay. I, my brothers, I felt like had a clear engineer, doctor, you know, finance. I struggled with what I had so many interests. I never was able to focus. So hmm. I had to try things and eliminate them. I even shadowed a stockbroker for a while. Thought maybe this, that would be fun. <laughs> and I eliminated that. Didn't want to do that. Eliminated being a contractor. Huh. So that's been my story a little bit. Yeah. What uh, was college like for you? You heard all these things about it. it. was fun. Was it really fun? Yeah. Freshman year was great. Really enjoyed it. Loved meeting new people. The experience of... Were you in a fraternity or anything? I wasn't. No? Okay. Being challenged with ideas. People who grew up completely different than me. Hmm. Professors. Just the whole way of life. Different. Yeah. And having to choose friends. Choose who you're going to run with was really good for me. But at the same time, again, I had that pull man, I just, am I wasting my time? Mm. Should I just go and work? It was a really strong pull. I met with the guy, BT. He was working at Barnhart at the time. I said, hey, I'm thinking of not finishing. I'm thinking of dropping out. He's, you know what? That would be fine, but maybe just stick it out. You you may be glad you got your degree mm. one day. So at least, you know, maybe go another year. Yeah. Ended up taking that advice and finishing out. And I'm glad I did, but it was hard. Did any of your brothers go to UT? We all did. We so all they were, you guys were there together? Yes. Somewhat. Yeah. Because yeah. your older brother was a couple years older, and then yep. while you were there, Sam came. Yes. And then your sister probably towards the end of your time? I was out. When she I graduated there. the year she came in. Okay. All right. Got it. Well, why economics? What was that? I saw that. I actually had okay. no idea. I was like, Joe has an economics degree? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I didn't. I changed several times. Okay. I started out in business. Again, I didn't make great grades. Hmm. And so you have I have any idea what your GPA was in college? I think I ended with a two nine. Did you really? Okay. Two eight, two yeah. nine. All right. Actually, barely, really, let me take a step back. I barely got into UT. I think I made an 18 on my ACT. 
Yeah, and back then that was the, the minimum. Cutoffs, yeah, yeah, eighteen or seventeen. Now yeah. it's what, like twenty six, twenty seven. High up there, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I couldn't get in today. Is the point? And I always felt like those tests, even the placement tests in in mm-hmm. high school, never really. It didn't wasn't a good assessment of who yeah. I was. I knew I could outwork people. Isn't that fascinating too? I think always like uh, so many entrepreneurs I talk to are dyslexic, dyslexic, AD you know, kind of moderate. To, I mean, and there's some that obviously were great students and got great grades, but, you know, by and large, what you hear often is like restless, impatient, unsure of what you want to do, not a great student, a little bit distracted, you know, yes. it sounds a little bit of your kind of story. Yes. All those. Yeah. And I, for one semester, I want to be a teacher. And I even went and shouted a teacher at a Rocky Hill, hmm. second or third grade. And that was fun. I really enjoyed working with students just realizing how many are falling behind and reading and no one's there to help them. But it really had a draw towards business. Again, working for yourself, once it's in you, that feeling of being your own boss yeah. is hard to... Were you pretty good with, you know, when you're young and you guys had this little business, were you pretty good with money? Were you financially pretty astute? Like, you weren't going to waste it? Like, you were pretty sharp in that way? Yes. Sharp with my own money understand I didn't spend hardly any but as far as keeping books like the accounting side the ledger my older brother and Nathan Sam were better at that huh. more detailed yeah. writing everything down I was probably better at the customer service talking to yeah. people <laughs> and just enjoying that and getting more business and even quoting things huh. I enjoyed that side you were the one that they sent out to do the sales yeah <laughs> that was pretty easy just people driving by yeah but yes that's pretty awesome all right so when you were Obviously, a lot of working. When you were graduating, what were you thinking? Economics degree, what were you going to do? I didn't know. I feel like economics was broad enough. I had to take some marketing classes, some finance classes. I enjoyed the macro side of if something happens in China or Europe, how Mm -hmm. does that affect the U.S. economy? Yeah. And so as opposed to the down. Mm, The micro, yeah. Micro. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was actually a job at Barnhart working with big rigging, like you're saying, these huge trucks carrying wind turbines across the country that got me a job with J.B. Hunt. It's actually a job fair at UT. They, UT does a great job mm-hmm. bringing these you know, wonderful companies on campus, interviewing mm-hmm. students. And so again, that draw, I just wanted to get out of Knoxville. I loved it, but I just needed to experience something, mm. a bigger city too. I want to go to a bigger city. Yeah. Had you, a uh, step back, had you guys traveled? I mean, again, a nine family, nine member family, <laughs> like it's an expensive travel experience. Yes. So I would imagine that wasn't a big part of your growing no. up? No, it wasn't. Okay. A yearly pilgrimage to, to Connecticut. Connecticut yeah. To see the family. We would go to D.C. We had some family in D.C. We'd see all the monuments. We'd go to a lot of national parks. Okay. My, my parents were big about that, getting outdoors, going camping, yeah. and seeing waterfalls and things. So, like. so uh, to take a step back, camping like pitching a tent again yes. i'm just envisioning yes. all these children like in the woods it's probably not bad go yes <laughs> it's like, go out in the woods run around uh, just yes. come back to this spot right here yes. <laughs> yes that's the way it was and my mom wouldn't always go though she would usually have the younger oh, really? kids okay. my dad and maybe my three older brothers okay they would go camping and huh. learn to build fires and okay did you guys i was just i've just been listening to this i think i've shared it with you before the andy stanley parenting podcast that he did it seems like you guys are, were, and are still all pretty close as yeah. a family, like the all the seven kids. And, yeah. and that's a big age gap, right? Yeah. Like from the oldest to the youngest is, what, 12 years or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Somewhere in that range. 
So is everybody fairly close? Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. We're Muller Brothers lives in Houston, and then Sam lives in Memphis. Okay. And we were in Virginia for a while. But yeah, the ones that are here, we yeah. are. Yeah. But there is a big age gap. You know, I feel like I knew them. When I left the house, I guess my younger brothers were 8 and 10. So they were still pretty young. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't have a deep relationship with them. Yeah, right. But it's been yeah. fun moving back here, getting to see them grow up and yeah. start their own families. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. All right, Sonia, yeah, you went to work for J.B. Hunt. Right, yeah. you didn't go work for you didn't graduate and work for Barnhart. You graduated and went to work for JB Hunt. For JB Hunt, correct. Okay. Yeah. Where, and, I, and where did you go? In Dallas, Texas. Okay. I didn't know anybody there, but I wanted to get out. And you and your wife were not together at this point. No, we were dating. She you was were year, dating. Okay. She was a year behind me at UT. Like okay. you, you mentioned dyslexic brain. When I asked her out for the first time, I called her Kelly. Her name's <laughs> Catherine. That's what I have. I struggle with that in my life. My mind thinks one thing, but my mouth says something How'd else. That go? But she still said yes. <laughs> we ended up married. She's like, you need to call me Catherine, but I'll go yeah. out with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, she was a year behind. I let. I went out there, and we were dating long distance. So you did? Okay. Oh, wow. Back in the day when it, there was no social media. No, Facebook yeah. had just started when yeah. I was in college. I, and I had just got a cell phone. And you still. could text a little bit, but it was, I think yeah. they charged you to text back then or something like that. And it was a great experience there. I mean, I learned a lot at JB Hunt. I mean, it was great. What did you, did you What did you do? It was operations management. We were assigned to a specific account. They called it a dedicated account. And I was working at a warehouse. was the lumber yard, the account we were at. So we would take lumber off the rail, load it on flatbeds, and deliver it to job sites or places like 84 Lumber. Okay. So, and just to back up for a minute so people understand, because I think we've all seen the JB Hunt trucks, you know, traveling all over the roads and stuff. Was this in, was this just a trucking company or were you doing kind of what you do now is a lot of warehouse logistics and stuff like that. So was it both or what was it? Purely a trucking side. Purely a trucking side. And they're whatever LTL or whatever it's called or... What's they're, their, they're more of a full load carrier. Full load carrier. Yeah. Okay. So they take one load for one customer. Yes. Which means a full load carrier. Right. Yes. Okay. Correct. That's okay. a good clarification. Okay. And the training was you were assigned to an account. Their model was dedicated. Instead of having a big fleet and just running it for random people all over the country, we did some of that, but was to partner with specific companies like Whirlpool or Warehouse and be their exclusive carrier. Yes. For that area or, or all over. Okay. Yeah. I had great managers there. Well, you mentioned a couple of people that really taught you a lot, right? That you, and I would think those one of the really values of those big companies is they have probably incredible training programs. Yes, yeah, they did, and they invest a lot in you. They would take you to corporate for a week at a time and teach you about management, how to lead people mm-hmm. well, how to train them, how to technology is a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. So how to use their systems. It was the old green screen. Yeah, even yeah. logging in to three different. Yeah. <laughs> It was a mess. But, you know, Don, Barbara, what I loved about working for them is they would teach you how to do it. And then they would say, okay, Joe, go make it better. You know, this is our way of doing it. If you can find a more efficient way and having that freedom, I really like that, that, that road to run. And you, and what were you doing specifically? Your job was to do what? The account was that we were managing about 25 drivers Okay. and it was booking the loads, making sure all the job sites were delivered that day. And we knew our job was holding up a job site. So we had to get the lumber there mm. on time every day and managing if somebody's sick or on vacation or didn't show up, mm. how are we going to re rework the trucks to, to still pull it off during the day and taking off rail, putting on, then shipping it to the job sites. And so dispatching, a lot of our trucks had the technology on board. Mm-hmm. And so we're booking the loads and telling where the next drop off mm. was. And a lot of it was relationships and just dealing with I don't want to work today or I, you know, I'm feeling sick or mm. just, you know, 
trying to, but then, but then the majority of them were great. I mean, building relationships with the actual truck drivers. Yes, okay. yes, and that's the one thing they taught me. You know, drivers were not treated always well in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just, you know, they yell at each other, you know, at the docks. And but so if you showed interest, they really appreciate that. When mm-hmm. they came in the office, we were always supposed to stop what we're doing. And JB Hunt was great about this. Look away from our computer screen. Look at them. Ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. Figure out about their family. They actively about, taught you to do this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great training. Interesting. Wow. And what happened next? How long were you at J.B. Hunt? I was there for a year, and I thought, you know, Dallas is a land of opportunity. Big mm-hmm. city, growing. And that Catherine was going to come, and we were going to get married. She's going to move out to Dallas. She could get a job there. Had so you proposed to her yet? I hadn't. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's okay. a lot of assumptions, you know. Okay. She's going <laughs> she's to follow me. Yeah. But then while we're dating, and maybe we had just been engaged, um, she got accepted to UVA graduate school oh, wow. and had a, she was going to go there. She was like, Hey, I'm going, are you coming with me? <laughs> so I quit my job. What What was that for her? It was student affairs and higher education, okay. basically to work at a university. Okay. That's what she wanted. In administration. Do. Yes. Okay. She loved working with students. Could okay. be high school or college. Okay. And uh, her degree was history and psychology. She's the smarter one, more academically successful mm-hmm. and straight A's. Yeah. So I was attracted to her. So we moved I quit my job. So you, at this point, had to make a decision, obviously, of whether to continue to have a relationship with yes. this person that you wanted to marry yes, or stay in Dallas. Yes. That was a good clarity. And I was like, yeah, I need to go through life mm. with someone. And yeah. It's better for me. So you're probably 24? Yep. Yeah, 24. Okay. And she was 21. Okay. All right. And so you moved to Virginia. Moved to Virginia. and this Did was, you have a job? I did not have a you job. You didn't have a job. No, okay. that was a little scary. And were you married? But you weren't. Did you tell me about getting married? Was that did you get married before graduate school for her, or yes, did you? You did the week before. The week before, the week before okay. she started class. I mean, was her dad like, "Hey, are you gonna have a job to be able to support my no. daughter while she's no. in school?" No, he was great. No, Dan was great. Lisa, the, Catherine's parents are great. No, they never put that pressure. But I had it internally. Yeah. Hey, I'm marrying your wife. I'm gonna provide for. Her. So I had that pressure. Mm. This was right before Monster was really big, Monster.com, where you could mm-hmm. apply for jobs. Yeah, yeah. I did a ton of that, but I never received one email back, no call back. I was doing this maybe the last week or two I was in Dallas. Okay. Even when I came back, I think I had a week or two before we were married in Knoxville okay. to kind of get things ready. No, no J.B. Hunt transfer options or anything like that? There was, but it was I think it was far away, and okay. I'd have to drive maybe an hour. Okay. And being newly married, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Where's um, UVA? Where is it? Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Virginia. Okay. Great city. Yeah. So yeah, we move, we get back from our honeymoon on like Saturday or Sunday. We drive up with all of our stuff on Sunday, unload it, and she starts class that Monday. And okay. I have no job. So I'm always fascinated by this. Obviously, you had to save money because you, you were living somewhere. Yes. <laughs> you had to pay for an apartment. So you, yes. you had done a pretty good job of preparing yourself financially to be able to not have a job for a short period of time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are we able to say how much? Are we talk about yeah. numbers here? Oh, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. At JB Hunt, I think I was making about 40000 okay. a year. But working about 70, 80 hours a week, that was the one great Did they pay trip. overtime? Not at the time. This no, was before that. The, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't get me yeah. trouble. That was a long time ago. The and, statute of limitations is passed. Yes. <laughs> and this was something I didn't, you know, not all drivers drive during the day. A lot of mm. ours drive at night when mm. there's less traffic. Yeah. So I'm getting calls at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Hey, I'm lost. Or I can't get in the gate. What's the code? Can you call the customer? Oh, or I'm late. Can you call? And we're always readjusting appointments and so it was great to to do that but then also have a night of rest you know, i'd be yeah. out with my friends for dinner phone my phone i had yeah. to leave constantly again great training yeah but also fun not to have that after yeah. but yes you're right so forty thousand, not a lot of margin there mm-hmm. for two people yeah 
but again, I just didn't, I, I wasn't healthy. I actually, I don't know how much I got kidney stones there in Dallas too. I wasn't, really, really? you know, I was to say, just weren't taking care of yourself right, to save it for a ring and the honeymoon and knowing I didn't have a job. Yeah. Just, I would probably eat one meal a day. Wow. And uh, kidney stones, yeah, not taking care of myself. That's right. crazy. Wow. And then, so we moved there and I remember it was probably four to six weeks. Still didn't have a job. The hard part was I came back for some weddings in Knoxville, so I had to look my father-in-law in the eye. He's like, <laughs> I, I'm applying for jobs. You know, I'm going to take care of her. But he, again, he was great, very encouraging. It was actually probably six weeks in. And our, I was going to go work at Arby's or just yeah, anywhere. Just a job, yeah. Because we had spent our money on the honeymoon, the ring, mm-hmm. and now we're it's maybe felt like $7,500 in the bank account. I mean, it was, we were, wow. I, it was getting close. Fortunately... In her graduate degree, they put her in student housing. Mm. So housing was paid for. Ah, uh, okay. And I remember pulling, we'd pull up to Arby's. We didn't have internet, though. We couldn't afford it. And so we'd pull up to the restaurant that had free internet, <laughs> and we'd get on, we'd check our emails, and then we'd go back home in the evening. And that was just <laughs> some fun memories. And I remember even not having furniture, so we were eating the first couple of meals on the floor, just huh. fun times, you know, cooking yeah. steak, but eating it on the floor. Yeah, simple times. Yep. Yeah. And But we're visiting churches, and uh, I feel like every church has this. Someone who knows everybody. Yeah. Very well connected. Grew up in the city, and this lady, Sarah, she was talking to my wife. We were new. We stuck out like a sore thumb. I was like, hey, what do you do? She's explaining about her graduate school at UVA. Then she turned to me and was like, Joe, what do you do? I was like, I've been looking for a job. And what I was doing is I was getting a suit on every day, printing out a stack of resumes and just going door to door. Wow. And getting interviews. And I, there was one night shift job. And I was like, I just can't be newly uh-huh. married. I don't want to take that. And so, but she said, I know five companies hiring today. Send me your resume. I'm going to blast it out. I'll help you get a job. And mm-hmm. I, that, that was great. So I went home and sent her my resume. I had a phone interview Tuesday, two days later, at one of those companies. And in person on Thursday, I had the job offer that Friday. Oh, wow. It was just, is a maid. I provided that. But And was he, that in transportation or not? No, completely different. This uh, was in technology. We built, it was off-campus partners. They built website, websites for universities huh. to help their students find housing off-campus. <clears throat> so growing up in Knoxville, if you got accepted in New York, NYU, yeah. scary place to live, big city. Mm. Where am I going to, you know, yeah. parents like, I want a safe place, walking distance right. to campus. This website would help you find that. Huh. okay. And so... What they hire you to do? Sales. Inside sales. sales. Inside sales. Like it, picking up the phone, calling people. Yes. Okay. Which I did a lot of JB Hunt. Okay. Constantly scheduling so appointments. So you weren't scared of that at all? Oh, no. So they asked me in the interview, what is your experience with phones and talking to people and presenting? I was like, you know, I had my cell phone in this year at JB Hunt. I had the desk phone here. I'm trying to reach <laughs> another phone with my foot, trying to pick it up because that's how busy it was. And then that, and I think that got me the job. Huh. Somebody was telling me over here at Axel that these people have two desk phones. Huh. Have you heard this? No. So they're like, like they have two desk phones for every employee because they're just constantly. That's, I don't know anything about that industry. You know it better than I do, but apparently that's just, you know, I'm sure these guys that work over here probably do, yes. you know, 2 a.m. phone calls of, you know, loads trying to get somewhere lost, yes. can't get in, whatever. That's transportation. It's wild. It never stops. It that's never wild. sleeps. Huh. But it's great training. Yeah. So I was booking appointments for the two owners. There's only three people as a startup. Oh wow! They're really smart. What'd they pay you? Was it like commission? I think based? it was. No, I think it was. E, I think it was another forty, forty-five, okay. maybe. Okay. okay, which is Not probably so- a lot for them as a startup back then. Yes, because that would have been like early two thousands, maybe or something. Yeah, or? no, that's the other great context. This was two thousand six and seven. I was in Dallas. 
mm. move to Virginia without a job in 2007 when the economy recession's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And so, wow. But they did the opposite. They did the opposite of the curve. Hmm. We were, t I mean, they were taken off. Wow. I was, what would you ask me? I'm sorry. I'm getting off subject here. How much you made? How much they paid you? Yeah. And that was a lot. And it was, seems like a lot maybe? for them at yes. that time. Yeah. Yes. So well, we were just talking too. And I didn't actually, you did a good job of contextualizing that. I didn't realize that you were kind of entering this as the economy was moving down. It hit, you know, crashed in 09. You know, yep. so you were, the fact that you even found a job is probably amazing. Yes, it was. Yeah. They, there was the Duke and Trina who started it. Duke was retired. He was the, one of the head salespeople at IBM for years. Mm. He spent his life training salespeople wow. and had retired. And then his daughter who helped start it, she was a graduate MBA school at UVA, mm. really smart. And she worked in some consulting in DC, really smart. They'd started and they had an admin person and part-time bookkeeping. So I was really the fourth person there. Huh. Who did the website development? They outsourced or something? They did some of it themselves. Yeah, they outsourced huh. it. Was uh, he teaching you how to sell? He was teaching me how to sell. Hmm. Also, we had to learn, part of the training was learning to build a website too. She, Trina would build some of the websites too. And to do the sales, we had to do these mock-ups for these universities. Hmm. If you're going to meet with Virginia Tech, you'd build a, a quick, hmm. you know, brief. It had virginiatech.edu. Like writing HTML or something? It was very... Or was it like a... Piece of software you're using. A piece of software we're using, oh, okay. where you put in the colors. Yeah. You put in the header, right. the banners, how you want the pages to turn, <laughs> and the links to click on. That's wild, Paul. And that's not me. You know me. <laughs> yeah, you know me. That's not my wheelhouse at all. It's more of people. And so, but I really appreciated the training because hmm. I knew how the webs. You know, the very simple way they're built. Yeah. yeah. It was just bootstrapped. Everything was bootstrapped. Wow. And they were successful? Yeah, yeah, very uh, successful. Growing fast. So I was booking appointments for Duke and Trina to go and meet with the universities. Okay. And then also meet with the apartment complexes or landlords around those cities hmm. in Blacksburg, Virginia or Harrisonburg, Virginia. I think we, I'm trying to remember how many universities had part, maybe eight to 10, hmm. maybe 12 at the time. Hmm. And so Duke, yes, training me on sales. I had a script. When you, we, here's the process we would use. We'd fax out a sheet from with the university's heading once we partner with them yeah. and say this is the new Virginia Tech off-campus housing or JMU or William and Mary off-campus housing website and you know do you want the opportunity to partner with them mm. and list your property on there to help students find housing so off campus. So you faxed all the different apartment complexes. And yeah. then I would get on the phone I would just make calls. I had a list because mm. we'd do the mail merge and blast it out and I was just going down the list and trying huh. to book appointments for Duke and Trina and then they would go to the appointments. i try to have uh, four to six meetings a day, probably every hour with maybe 30 minutes to drive. Wow. And that was fun for me. I really mm. enjoyed that. And I, I would try to keep him so busy he wouldn't have time for lunch. <laughs> and he would rag me. And then what was great, what transferred was he would get lost sometimes too. This was, I think, Tom, remember those little... Oh, yeah. The little GPS Old school GPSs, that yeah. you try to put on your yeah. window and they would yeah. keep falling off. Yeah. They would unplug and they yeah. wouldn't charge. So he would just, I, Joe, I don't know how to use this. Just tell me how to go. Just turn my <laughs> turn. And also I was typing in his notes. We used Salesforce at the time. And after he he was done on his way to his next meeting, he would download huh. information. I'm typing it in for him. And I put reminders to, hey, dude, wow. call this person two yeah. weeks to follow up. Helping do contracts, emailing contracts, making sure they're getting signed. Wow. It was great training. Yeah, for sure. Did you do that the whole time while she was in school? Yes. Yeah, that was my first year. Okay. And then after a year, they said, Joe, do you want to stay in inside sales? They needed, we had grown enough. We need a marketing person. Or what else do you see? You know, do you want to do outside sales? 
was like, get me out of this office. <laughs> You're having all the fun on the road. You're going to meet with people. I want to go do that. Yeah. And so that's what I switched to. Huh. And my first experience was University of Central Florida, which is a big school too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really fun. Going so you went to Orlando? Orlando, oh, yeah. Really? And I remember somehow our flights, Duke was flying somewhere else. So before I was able to do my first training one-on-one, my flight got in time. And I had because I'd booked it so tight, got the rental car and drove straight to the first appointment. He came like at the tail end. So it was great. I got to do that pitch mm, on your without own. him. Did you get it? Yeah, we got it. <laughs> got it. But that was really fun. Yeah. We did. And if we didn't have a meeting in that block... We had to go do a drop-in, a cold call drop-in at an oh, apartment wow. complex or okay. landlord. And we got kicked out of a lot of places. <laughs> Duke would call it the DIA doorknob in the <laughs> because they would just show you right out the door. And it was kind of fun. That's awesome. You're nervous going in yeah. and you have to like out of nothing, out of the blue, try to talk your way into a mm. meeting. Sometimes it worked, but a lot of times people would kick you out. Awesome. That was Joe Mahalik, episode one from RNS Logistics. Stay tuned and listen to episode two. You're going to hear a lot about uh, Joe's family and some really pivotal moments when he began to realize how critical it is to create balance. And uh, when you're building a business, that it's not all about building the business, that you still have a family that you got to take care of. 